0: Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another bite-sized episode of uh, of the Shark Pod. We're going to do a bonus uh, episode here today. I've got Owen Okrahur on the line. How are you doing, Owen?
1: Hi, Luke. Connistar.
0: Tom. <laughs> Good morning, fad, Ford. I guess Shock my here uh, on Aaron uh, Shark Pod. Uh, so, uh, own, own out there. I reached out to him because I was listening to his uh, his podcast on bite. It's called Bite Size Irish, um, and he's got a whole kind of organization set up. Uh, around that as well um i know mark baker uh, uh my co-host isn't with us today um mark has hasn't got hasn't re, re you know rediscovered his gra yet but hopefully after <laughs> this after this episode he's going to uh he's going to be re- reinvigorated here um so some of the listeners uh will know my kind of interest in irish is i was born in canada it's us canada may uh-huh. um and then uh, I started to learn Irish a couple of years ago with a view of uh, maybe bringing my kids up in an Irish uh, friendly, positive house. Yeah, that's the idea. Mm. I don't think I in a couple of years I w- wasn't uh, expecting to you know be crazy fluent or anything, but um, it is something that I've really, really enjoyed, and I would recommend it to anyone. I've gone on this whole journey where I ended up in the Gaeltacht for a week up in Donegal. And it was just, it was amazing. But uh, why don't you tell the the listeners a little bit about Bite Size Irish and uh, maybe introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Sure thing. It's Misha Owen. I live in Limerick. I'm a Clareman. And I guess to bring the Irish language bit into it, I was brought up through Irish and attended Irish language, you know, Gwelsgål and Gwelsgål. And fast forward, I don't know how many years. I'm bringing my two sons up with Irish and I speak Gaeilge with my family as well. So even though I, I always kind of make the excuse that I don't have Gaeilteacht Irish, I don't have perfect Irish and very far from it. Um, but I have complex except that. And whatever Irish I have, it's real Irish. Fear Gaeilge.
0: Yeah. Fear <laughs> Okay, cool. And what's the, what's the story? How, so you're, you're from Clare, right? Which isn't, uh, I think there was, a, like used to be had, have a Gaelic area like a long time ago, right?
1: It did. But, oh, absolutely, yeah. But
0: what's the what's the connection there? Are, are your family members from at that area or was it just someone in the family who kind of was promoting that? How, did that, how does that happen?
1: Yeah, I, I do have kind of maybe distant relations in Clare and um, people that maybe I would not have met a lot of them. So, my generation, my parents, we were kind of blow ins in a way, but we absolutely had this connection with Claire. Um, I guess uh, like, it's a story between my two parents, I suppose, my mother's family. Um, half of them are from Danginí Hoosh, Dingle, and around there, around Lispool, which I think is officially Gweldacht, although right now, but I don't think it's really in the family. Um, but you know, kind of a bit of osmosis. Um, it was in her family; uh, she's a teacher, so she always had had strong Irish. And my dad was born in England, and um, I, I'd say in his twenties, probably it was a- about when he really started learning Gaelic himself. To oh, really? With um, he had Irish parents, but li- they were living in England, so he i think felt a real draw towards ireland and really took it upon himself so my parents met and i'd say they were speaking irish in that group of friends uh when they met and uh yeah they brought us up through irish then
0: that's amazing and so he was he came to the language a lot later than you'd imagine to get to a level to bring people up in (laughs) in uh in irish which is, which is really interesting
1: and it is possible yeah
0: that's that's the only thing like so when i when i started this so i went to so uh i went to I do a, a a very kind of low level course or an intra- introductory level mm. course in um in goylin um just uh be- beside the old central bank there in dublin um and i so i was coming absolutely fresh because uh, mm. i never did it in school i was exempt um okay so it was i had no base at all really um i do i did marry my uh my my van Kayla, uh is a uh, is Munder E. Uh, so she's that gives me my buntash to my my advantage. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, you're so, lucky. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of luck there as well. So it, she gave me some some basics and stuff like that. But what I noticed was I did seem to have an advantage on people who were coming back to the language a little bit, uh, as in I was less nervous because um, I had no. Mm. It was kind of I had no baggage. I had no background for me. It was I could have been walking into a Spanish course and but at yeah. that. Time, there was no kind of uh, other feelings around that. And then I did uh, I did a couple of courses in Gael Koltor, um and then I went to the Gael talk in Donegal for a week, which was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And as an adult, if anyone's listening here, and you missed out on going to the Gale Talk when you were a teenager or something like that, it's basically the same thing. You go to this uh, this beautiful piece uh, part of Donegal, and you're you're immersed in the language, and the the characters that you meet there. It's like everyone goes back to being a teenager. It's all you know. It's like you go to class and then you go to, for pints and then you go swimming, and it's really really uh, <laughs> you know like uh, reeling back the years and you're like. I was, I was just saying uh, to own before we started, there was, there's was people there from America um, with brilliant Irish. Um, yeah. And there's people um, with a, a kind of a, a lower level. Uh, there was a guy called Ushin, or that was the name that we gave him and he was from Japan and he had the capping. Uh, air and he had the uh, he had a tin whistle and it was just this he was so into the culture and it was just amazing uh, to, to and did that.
1: you feel threatened in any way because you'll come across absolutely fully fluent people who say they're from Chicago say fully fluent Irish never lived in Ireland anyway and you're thinking god like how do I compare myself to this person
0: well I think I, maybe just because i i came to it late as well and i i had a good kind of ramp up i felt you know like i went from like the the uh, very basic uh, courses to like the like man level doves in uh which is like intermediate part two in the uh, culture. Mm-hmm. so before i went i, I done a lot uh, in the background so i could understand almost everything and that's what mm-hmm. like my wife went with me and she was in uh Uh, rung a hook like the advanced level right and they were discussing like tave down the you know like uh, global warming like the Mm -hmm. all these crises and stuff so it was really hot like hard uh, (laughs) level then she would come into my class and we'd be like uh, playing games and like uh, ours was a lot more fun even though it was at a lower level Um, so i think they broke broke people up into really good levels so that you didn't uh, feel that intimidation yeah. so much um but i just i was more impressed than anything else like there was one particular woman from chicago who had just the best irish you know a, a imaginable for someone that wasn't from here and also there uh, she played the flute and uh, like just really uh, really interesting people that we met up there um mm-hmm. but i didn't feel like so the only thing that i did feel was it was a strange thing when i went so, we got there on Saturday, and it was a Saturday to Saturday thing, mm-hmm. um, and by Tuesday, my my brain was, like, fried, cause I, and my wife really kept it strict. There was no English <laughs> s- speaking <laughs> at, at all. <laughs> she wouldn't allow that. Real so. immersion. Real immersion, like the radio in the car that when we were driving around, you know, radio and the girl took the everything. Mm-hmm. You know. um, so, on Tuesday, I did feel a little bit like I would love to i'd love to have a chat in english here <laughs> just take the pressure off but uh it took my it took the the level in a week the the trajectory was mm. like nothing i've ever i've I've never made an improvement in anything as quickly as that week if that makes sense joe you know? yeah so um but anyway that was my little uh my little uh, story there so it's still it's it's ongoing um as always uh but i've come across the like i said the uh the uh bite size irish so what what made you get kind of start that that it's been going on more than 10 years right
1: it has well it goes it really goes back to the 90s um really? i had a home page okay. and i was 15 and it was amazing because somebody knew html for this like new technology called html it was wow <laughs> um so i wrote a bit about myself and a bit about my family and i put it up in irish and in english and even then in the mid 90s <clears throat> excuse me people found that there were people outside of ireland like with this new virtual connection to, to ireland and that was like amazing it was like a general generational transformation for those people so I ran it like it was called a translation forum is called the Irish Gaelic translator um, for a few years and it had some different projects. But along the way, I wanted to help people learn Irish in a more structured way. So, yeah, bite Size Irish, it started as like an email campaign where you'd learn a bite a day. But I soon realized that you'd kind of need audio as well and um, and for a good few years, Bite Size Irish was just online lessons. Uh, we still have that and we continue to improve them. But really, the, the heart of Bite Size now is a private learning community called Bite Size Pubble. Pubble means community. And I, I just love it, it's fantastic. Um, the energy you get there's people there's more and more people in ireland coming into bite Size public which I, I love and there's definitely a, a big chunk of people outside of ireland as well uh, we've got you know uh regular zoom calls for practicing in scripted form okay um people run their own bite-sized bio sessions and there's like daily motivation in the community as well so it's something actually pretty special. I, I feel pre- very proud of what we've done. And it's not me, like it's the members and the Bite sized staff as well.
0: Absolutely. And so the Bite sized Pubble, are people, is it kind of like, can people go in there and like chat? Is there like a chat for as a forum style? Or what's the... what's Yeah, the there?
1: It, it is forum style. It uses software called Discourse, which I came across because Marketer... The marketer Seth Godin uses or used that software for his like online workshops. And I was part of a workshop over about a month, a couple of years ago online. And just the dynamics of it, I, I really loved it. I was in this group of people learning together, not language, but businessy stuff. Yeah. And I thought, geez, this is fantastic. How can I connect people and Seth Godin wrote a book called Tribes uh, I think as well where he makes the case that there should be a way for a tribe to speak between each other and with the people putting the tribe in place as well so there's me and there's two part time staff at Bitesize so it's a very small operation but think, thank god we we get to (laughs) build something that's like dynamic enough and fun enough even though it's a part-time kind of side hustle company kind of thing
0: yeah absolutely it's interesting i was i was thinking like when i was listening to your podcast you've spoken to people all over the world um learning irish or connected with this type of like study studying celtic studies i listened to actually one uh, uh today from a uh, uh someone that's in university of nova scotia or something like that i can't remember mm-hmm. exactly but uh really interesting conversation you had there as well how many like what's the split just out of interest between like international people using this the site and uh, irish people
1: i'd say uh, irish people only still represent say 10 percent really of the community or the customers but it's steadily going up Um, and I don't have a, a great reason or explanation for why it's going up one thing is like traditionally we always had like a base in like California really, and we spoke to them and it used to be called Bite Size Irish Gaelic Um and it was kind of scary to rename the business and go all in in something a little more generalized like Seth Godin again he talks about building a a very targeted thing for a certain type of person you know and you get to know their worldview and answer their problems and he argues against generalizing essentially um but that was keeping us away from helping people in ireland essentially so going to bite size irish it's now more it doesn't really matter where you are are you a relearner like in ireland normally went to a school or somebody who moved away from ireland or a lot of the people are you know they have some irish ancestry i guess
0: and that that's kind of the connection there it's really interesting Mm -hmm. as well it seemed like when i was in the girl talk it was kind of it was more 50 50 because there was a lot of people that were Mm. there for like in that particular um uh school they did like irish and mountain walking and all these lovely courses that just you know there's irish and watercolors so it's <laughs> learning how to paint oh, through i love that it was really nice like really uh really nice thing to do um i'd recommend it to anybody uh, you know, like even if you're absolutely starting from scratch they've got that type of level as well it's really interesting and mm, every night that uh kill carham uh did the concert every night you know great um just just a great time i can't uh, couldn't recommend it enough we were going to go back um but of course uh, everything was shut down last summer uh from that point of view um but um what was my point there i was oh yeah so about 50 50 because a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of people were teachers that were upskilling um and that type yeah. of thing so there was there was kind of a more and there was a few tds and stuff there it was really <laughs> it was a real weird Ooh. mix but uh, uh it was great so it's interesting as well the from my point of view um some of the the courses or some of the courses that I've done uh, Gaelic Coltor and stuff. Um, I think that they were great for relearners as well because it kind of puts something in your week that you're a little bit committed to. And really? I've struggled since that. I feel like I've taken a bit of a step back because, like, I've got the books, I've got all the stuff that I could be doing. I live uh, with yeah. a Irish speaker, <laughs> you know. I should be trying more, but. Um, it's it, if you don't have something in your week or something like you're saying even if it's a, like a, an online place where people are meeting up or there's some sort of accountability it just gets pushed to the back burner even if it's if you have the best intentions i think you know
1: yeah um i know yeah. um the only kind of tangential suggestion i'd have you were talking about how fun it was and um, to I only today I recorded a podcast about making the process fun. and uh, you know, people have their different intrinsic curiosities. Some people love the sound of a particular word, or it could be like Irish music or just happily watching TG Keher documentaries or something. But like our motto at Bites as Irish, it's Gwelga Gachla, Irish everyday. Um and how to immerse yourself in the language, even if you don't understand it, or especially if you don't understand it yet. Because the best way to not learn Irish or any language is to keep it away from your life. <laughs> don't <laughs> let any osmosis happen. So the inverse of that is like, have radio on a play in the background while you work. Uh, why not?
0: Why not? Exactly. And I think it's a, it's a pity in some ways that it's not so i the reason actually i never told you this but the reason why i got got into irish originally i was working um for hubspot but i worked in the nordic region um mm-hmm. so i was in i was in all those countries off uh, really quite often and i remember going into a uh i was in unirua up there in norway and uh i was in oslo and i went into a bookshop uh, just because I, I was killing some time and mm-hmm. i went in and almost all of the books were in norwegian and there was a little uh, shelf for the lower Osperla, you know, and it was. It just made me think. Like I feel like I've been ripped off a little bit here. As in, there's, mm. there's, there's, not like in, in Ireland. There, it, it could be like this. They have a similar population. I know they have a different history. I mean, obviously, uh, we won't go into yeah. that type of thing. But that was the real trigger for me to say. You know, it's, it's. If you don't have your your own language, it's kind of like you feel a little bit kind of ripped off a little bit like everyone else gets gets one we should have one as well but it when you go into a, a book shop unless it's a specialist bookshop in ireland it's uh it, it's not the case right so it's not it,
1: yeah but like i don't want to force it on anyone either yeah you know
0: yeah there's a, actually that's a, a good point because i read this book it's i really enjoyed it but it, it goes a little bit too far it's called gaelga uh, uh radical revolution I've read I've that
1: heard one? of it I haven't read it. It's
0: enjoyable but it's it's a little bit I can't see this happening where they're saying you know the whole parliament should just be run the court system the it's mm. a big again big transition to, <laughs> to well, I would
1: say that all our um primary schools should be run in Irish I know there's there'd be immediate objections choice being one of them but uh Irish speakers don't have that choice much and skills like uh, Guell skulls currently suffer from not having maybe a lot of teachers to pick from as well yeah um but we have a Guell skull down the road it's why I live in the area I do in Limerick we were that
0: was probably looking
1: the- to live near one yeah um and the principal said that the it's gone now that the generations who originally attended, like, the first Guayal School in really let's say in the 80s, or, you know, that there was a wave of them at least then. And those parents are now coming back with their kids. So it's this positive feedback loop of intergenerational Irish, and there's more and more people with Irish, whereas in the 80s, when I was in uh, a Guayal School, probably none of the parents had Irish unless it was in their family somehow or something, you know, really.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's really, and it, the girls' schools are really exploding up uh, in my area anyway. That's why we, we bought a house across the road from a girls' school in, uh, oh, in, uh, in Greystones, quail school in the Kulgalia, and that's where my, my wife uh, uh, works as well. But again, we've been kind of planning that out as well. There's a great quail uh, in Bray, not too far from us, collage um, Rahin. Um So we have the option, you know, if our son gets to that mm-hmm. point, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, I think within uh, like a 15k radius is three quail schools and a uh, wow. two quail clashes Kloch D. <laughs> so oh, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. interesting.
1: So it's, yeah.
0: so it's a nice uh, it's a nice mix here. Um, but again, that was something that we thought about as well. And maybe there's a lot of people out there that, are, like you said, the second generation of uh, our first generation of those quail school um, uh, participants. But it's interesting. Like we're we're gonna speak to somebody tomorrow as well um, who did uh, did university in Irish so I did uh, business and Irish through Irish in DCU Mm -hmm. Um, so I've never met anyone who's done that before Uh, so that'd be interesting I didn't realise it was all through Irish even the business side of things you know
1: yeah and thankfully DCU have created like loads of resources for the Irish language out of their unit from what I understand I I have had no direct dealings with them but like i think they're a a big part of folklore.ie dictionary for example the fionter so definitely therma.ie, the kind of phraseology dictionary they've built it up over the years and they were like adding to it from like somebody in a lecture would say what's the irish for blog entry and somebody would have to make a decision or a conversation what we call it absolutely
0: it's a because yeah, it's an old language, so I guess well, all languages would have to have that type of updating thing anyway, right? If it's Spanish, French, whatever you know, uh,
1: languages change. Like, I use so much English in my Irish, so I can't be saying much, no. <laughs> um, but Irish absolutely has uh, like moved with the times, like the technology words we have words for stuff. Uh, it's definitely not stuck back a hundred years ago. Um, the old argument about 40% of English is French um, when French <clears throat> was kind of politically stronger than English in England. And r- like right today you hear across Europe, uh, the English language is seeping into <laughs> different languages. Like I watched like Scandinavian crime drama <laughs> and you can hear like them saying, sorry. So yeah. <laughs> th- there's words going in there uh, Absolutely. lately, definitely. Kind of cultural osmosis.
0: And I think that, yeah, exactly. In that book that I, I mentioned just a moment ago, it talks about uh, English being quite an aggressive language. As in it? Because it's so dominant, the more dominant it becomes, the more dominant it becomes because everyone has to learn it for, to mm. be involved with media, to be, you know, all that type of stuff. So, um, that type of, uh, osmosis is going to be happening a lot. Have you ever tried to learn any other languages as an adult or anything? And you ever kind of flip that over? Yeah.
1: Um, I suppose that's my big confession because, uh, my wife is from Slovenia. Okay. Um, and I hear Slovene every day at home and I often have the radio on. Um, But I haven't studied it with intensity, essentially. So I don't speak it. Um, So I've lived in France for about a year and a half. So at the time, I was well fluent in French, kind of informal French. Um, There's a book um, called Mastery by Robert Green. And he essentially lays out a framework to master something. Um, now people might not like the term mastery' actually, but uh, you, like you don't want to dominate a language, but <laughs> you want to get intuitively good at it, and that's the point he explicitly makes um and he says like you have to you're on a journey like you called it earlier um and you have to make a decision are you jumping into this journey, and then there is a stage of apprenticeship he calls it um, looking back at old ways of learning and that you have to at some stage learn with intensity like learn the essential rules and for whatever reason i haven't had the patience i that's probably a symptom of something um that I, i just haven't felt the motivation to like dive into why grammar of the language would work as it does um it, in Slovene words change quite a lot depending on declension and context. So yeah, they, there's a lot to learn, but it's definitely learnable like any language, including Irish.
0: So you wouldn't so people would say that it, Irish too hard to learn and stuff like that. You wouldn't be that uh that, <laughs> that way at all.
1: Absolutely not. Like Irish is as easy to learn as any other language. Um <laughs> it's got it starts with the verb at the start of the sentence which is very interesting so the the sentences are essentially different um, to a lot of languages that you would come across and i know yeah if you're learning say german there's a lot of crossover with english because of the same origins even though english lost a lot of that complexity over the centuries like the um If if you're interested to make Irish or indeed any other language part of your everyday life, um, you can do so and you can enjoy it and follow your curiosity, um, rather than finding excuses. And you mentioned people with baggage earlier. It's like (laughs) there is a kind of national psychosis or trauma there let's just let it go, like, you know, <laughs> stop making the excuses, like, we've heard enough of it.
0: Because it's not, like, to be honest, like, I, I tried, I tried, like, didn't try it very hard, but I did French at school, and I didn't, like, I did enough to pass and all that type of stuff, and, yeah, studied for, leaving certain, for points more than actually for the language, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when I, when I started learning Irish, I actually didn't find it too, uh too difficult i got like a i got a great book on uh, Brehera, uh the verbs and once i kind of nailed 20 of those verbs i could really communicate in a decent way as in like i could kind of describe what's happening uh, around you know mm. um and then i used anki app which is the app for yeah. um it's kind of like what do you call it? like kind of flashcards, flash but spaced cards, out yeah. type of thing um and then so there's there's tools that you could use that I didn't really have when I was learning French or or whatever or maybe I didn't just, they didn't tell me about it but um, I don't think it's, my point is like it really wasn't that hard to get to a level where I could live through a language for a week which I think is a decent level. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't imagine going to Germany and only be speaking German for uh, a week you know if, uh, if I only had a couple of a couple of uh well i I was doing i guess i was learning for about a year before we went there um Mm. but you know it really accelerated it but so my point is i don't think it's very that hard and also it can be fun as well like i've got there's all all these books that i've got that are like um that i find really really helpful like i got some i got like the the hobbit in irish and stuff like that but it's way too advanced (laughs) way too advanced for me but i've got um what would we call them, kind of like uh, graphic no- novels of like Kukulin and stuff, so I can kind of see what's happening, and it's mm. all dialogue, and I think that that's very helpful as well. Uh, your brain kind of fills in the gaps, and I'm kind of like that word probably means what's happening in the in the pictures. Is that yeah.
1: So, no, I find it interesting because you seem to be talking through like the growth mindset, um, whereas. I find it very interesting that I can tell myself like you know I'm not good enough um I won't be able to deal with somebody who's talking at me uh, I don't remember what what I learned or I should have like learned more lately so a lot of like self sabotage you know essentially so absolutely if you can turn it around and that intrinsic curiosity that Like, I'm not going to force Irish on anybody, but if somebody is interested in it or whatever sparks your interest, like follow that, like listen to that, give it a bit of room in your life, like give yourself an hour to just play with the concepts and see what comes up or what you end up searching online for whatever word is interesting for you or whatever it is.
0: Absolutely. And so, it's, so before we wrap up here, what would be, you, you've talked to a lot of a lot of these learners all over the world now, right? Over how many years, right? What would you think would be the, the first steps in those people that come back to the language fr- from Ireland? 50% of our listeners are actually outside of Ireland, strangely enough. Me and Mark can't figure it out, but they're all out there in Australia and, uh, and, um, and America and Mexico and everything. So um, if, if people were interested in Ireland, it's got, got that heritage, what do you think would be the first steps that would be, the best ones
1: to uh, go for yeah well okay people who are in ireland or who did irish at school say like it's easy to tell yourself that you don't have irish but you have a huge step up like you have way more irish than you realize even if you were bad at school in what the school might call bad and like it's just this osmosis like you have so many words and you'll understand a lot more than you maybe admit through this shared trauma we have in Ireland mm-hmm. so to recognize that and then you know not to judge yourself either so whether you're in Ireland or outside of Ireland come at it with a sense of intrigue and curiosity compare yourself to yourself as they say don't compare yourself to others because there's always going to be a better person who like they'll say they spent a month learning the language and they're fluent at it magically and you're thinking to yourself how did that happen how did they do that uh, sure there's no point i'll just give up so don't give up keep it up and make it part of your every day
0: absolutely it's great i think making a part of your every day is the key to any anything that you're trying to do whether that's uh, be healthy, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle. If you want to learn how to swim more <laughs> or something, you have to swim. You know, if you want to be better at something, you have to do it every or day. sea swimming. Sea swimming, yeah. I actually <laughs> started sea sw- swimming this time last year. I had never really swam before. I was training for an Ironman and then that got cancelled. But we did it around Greystones anyway uh, with my coach here. But I remember the first time I did an open water swim and I crawled onto the beach coughing up seaweed and also i was like i can't do this (laughs) like the first the first time i went about 100 meters and i was just like i'm gonna i'll drown out here i I can't do this but uh we we uh, trained kind of built it up over the weeks and um we did it in the end so the point there is that we kept at it but also a little bit every day a little bit every week i think that's a good place to start Mm -hmm. and you know what if people want to listen to some i think well, I talked to Mark who's the other co-host of this uh, uh, pod and I feel like some, some people think that or feel that Irish is kind of a very old kind of old school vibe uh, they they might have they're remembering that they' their uh, their Irish books at school and stuff like that and it's kind of like a snapshot of I- Ireland at the uh, in a certain time period mm-hmm. um, if you ever seen um, what's it called Puntish kinda books, that's how actually that's what the first book i got and it's sort of like a snapshot of like ireland in the 60s with mammy's making dinner and daddy's you know lazy on the cat you know like it's all this like uh uh kind of throwback but um i think uh there's a, a rap group called kneecap i think that might bring people back to the the language a little bit um with that modern uh, like, take
1: kneecap are controversial um they tweeted lately something that was for me a bit hateful and i was really like, yeah like lads like it's kind of you're doing a joke like it's it's kind of parody and i love it and i've seen them twice and i was going to go to my third concert but it got cancelled um and they're just they they're so class yeah (laughs) yeah but um yeah just drop the 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 play i I hope it's play hatred as well but yeah, yeah kneecap like T.G. Kacher has done so much in the past 20 years. Like, look at T.G. Cahir, weather people, uh, they've got it going on. Yeah. Right. Uh, Hector O'Hokagon, the, the travel documentary maker, it, it, it really exposed a modern energy. I, I wonder if you feel that.
0: I think that 100% as well. And that if you. I, I defy anybody to watch two or three episodes of Ross and Maroon and try not to get hooked on what's what's uh, what's happening next week with the uh, the omnibus that I often watch as well. And what's good about that is you can put... Um, what I find good about Ross and Rune is you can put uh, Irish subtitles on it. So mm, it's can not...
1: You, can you switch it or is English always on it usually? So it's... Usually it's the
0: English... Uh, so there's a, a few during the week that are... That don't have any... Um, uh, subtitles, but if you're watching on your on the on the on the player on your laptop or something if you've got mm-hmm. like two screens you want to have one on, um I think having the 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 subtitles in Irish is way way more helpful for me because, okay, I couldn't really hear that word, but I can see it and it's very it makes it a lot more a lot easier for me to to follow. So all these little tricks that you kind of learn along the way. um but like I said, very uh, it's just so much like when a lot of people that have told that I'm learning Irish are like like, it must be difficult to get the kind of that immersive, uh, uh, you know, uh, environment. But you can kind of build it if you want, especially now that you're yeah. you're working from home. Like we could have Ross Naroon on my second screen. I've got um, I've got uh, a roll Dahl book that I was reading there, Nakayalaka with the witches. <laughs> Do you know, what I mean? like so. <laughs> I've got. I've. You could listen to Radio in the talk like in the background. This podcast. There's some podcasts uh, from the BBC, Bloss. Uh, mm-hmm. is really good it's really high level production absolutely um, yeah so like, there's loads that out there you just have to like you said park whatever baggage park whatever trauma that you had and uh yeah. it's your it's your language to have like it's what you should have you, you deserve it like that's what i think
1: yeah you deserve it yeah um I, I still don't know like you probably won't get through to a lot of people you know um <laughs> I guess at the same time, I don't feel it my place to try to convince Mark or anybody else that they should, but there's definitely like a, a stronghold of people who have that real gras in their hearts and they know they want to speak the language and they find, they find that energy when they do speak it. Uh, so I think if we can encourage the people who are interested um, not to try to convert I'm not going to try to convert anyone to like force the judicial system to be an Irish or whatever <laughs> it's it's a yeah. big step
0: what we'll do is we'll put a link to the Bite Size Irish uh, website in the show notes today as well because I want to encourage as many people as possible to go out and uh, or to go over to the website and have a look maybe join the pub we'll get get involved if they can I think it's a good place to start as well because it's low, it's kind of uh low input you don't have to like leave your house go in person to yeah. a group and you know not that you'll be allowed to do that these days anyway but you know like kind of way it's, it's something that you can do say if you decide to you set a goal or you, you want to change something and you can join something like that now you don't have to wait you just go on your phone or your laptop so i think that's great um and it's, so it's bite-sized dot irish right
1: that's it. Gurmahgut Luke,
0: yeah. Perfect perfect. So Gromila Mahagut uh and uh will Feki May who are ball.
1: Yeah, Gurmila Mahagut. Fun me on the Tana so Gromagut Luke, that's not on.